So the big question is this, how do we overcome stuttering without years of speech therapy, expensive ear devices, or old school methods that don't really work in the real world? And how do we master our stutter so we can become the confident and fluent speakers we all deserve to be? That is the question, and this is the podcast that will give you the answer. My name is Daniel Francis, and welcome to the Master Your Stutter Podcast. everyone welcome to the 30 day speaker so we're just having so much fun and that's why we're in such a great mood my name is daniel francis um i am the host of the 30 day speaker summit and i have a wonderful guest uh a melanie levenberg um all the way in whistler bc and if this is one of your first interviews in the summit um this is called the 30 day speaker summit where what i do is i interview different speakers who have the gift of communication um, the gift of being able, you know, being your authentic self. And what I'm doing is I'm interviewing them so we can take those golden gems, those golden nuggets and start applying this into your own life. So 30 days from now, you are a completely different communicator, speaker, and individual. So with that being said, let me introduce Mel. So Mel is, is, um, is an international speaker. She's, she's an author and as well a TEDx presenter and business coach. Uh, she is the founder and CEO of Play International, a company whose program has gained global accolades for promoting uh, positive mental health and has inspired over 1.8 million kids to get active through dance, yoga, and play. Um, as the co-founder of Impact Entrepreneurs, she loves helping start up and establish entrepreneurs create structures within their business to build wealth as they share their talents and passions in the world. Uh, oh. Melanie is a, is a master at helping her clients design programs, training systems that make a powerful impact while building a business empire that will leave a legacy. So she has a lot of knowledge and experience and I'm super excited because she's super fun as well uh, to talk about this idea. You know, Mel, you're on the public speaking day. Meaning that, you know, what I really want to discuss with you is, you know, you've obviously spoken on stages, um, you know, TEDx stages where you had to go up there. You had to have a certain energy, a certain vigor, a certain playfulness to yourself to actually get your message across where from what I understand, you got, you know, you got the audience up and, and moving, right? And, you know, that isn't easy to do. So, you know, in this interview specifically, we're going to be talking about finding the fun with public speaking and why that's so vital um, to just, you know, overall being a great speaker as a whole. So Mel, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, this is such a pleasure and I'm so, so, so excited. <laughs> Awesome. So Mel, let's, let's just, let's just kind of di uh, uh, dive right into it. So what does play mean to you? What, you know, relating to public speaking? I mean, I've seen you on lives. I've seen you on, <laughs> on videos where you're on stage, you know, what does play mean to you and why is it so important um, with speaking? Yeah, I think this is something that I really aimed to. It's something that I faced as a challenge in my own business, in my own life, in my own public speaking career. It's when I decided to take my message and start to share it out with the world, um, all of a sudden, all of these strange behaviors kept popping into my life. And I was like, I'm a really outgoing person. I have no problem talking to a group of you know five or six people about what I love to do. Put me in front of a, you know, a group of 30 people at a conference. I've got it. But then this notion of a stage or this notion of like bigger than what my would say comfort zone wise just made me become a version of myself that I was like what is this all about 
um, you know, like nervousness and, and fear and just like the way that my body physiologically re reacted um, and just like kind of like the thoughts that would pop in that I even the, the thoughts, you know, consciousness of it. And I just realized at one point that I was like, this has become so serious that it's no longer fun. You know, it's like the so play for me was how can this experience that I'm so excited to step into and growing and, you know, sharing the message, how, like, how, what if this was fun instead of this being serious? Like my whole life, I, I've been moving away from things that are serious, you know, like, you know, things that don't feel in alignment. Like I love having fun. I love being playful. I love building businesses in a way that you match professionalism and playfulness. And just like what play brings to our life is this, this version of ourself that is, I think greater than any other version of ourselves. It's, we're present, we, we're creative, we're connected. And um, yeah, so, so play as it relates to public speaking was the rediscovery of play in a context that I had turned into something very serious mm. um, just because it meant something, you know? Like, so the power of play in public speaking to me is, is the key that unlocked that better version of myself stepping onto that stage um, when all those other things had, had come up through my mind. Yeah. Like what you're doing is you're, you're trading this fear, for example, to excitement. Yeah. And that's what, that's what that play is. You know, yeah. it's, it's true. You're trading the two. And when you do that, I think a, a better version of you comes out of it. Yeah. Right? Um, so, so, you know, let's, let, let's kind of go back a couple of years, you know, when did you make this transition? Were you always a, a playful person? Um, <laughs> were you naturally a playful person? You know, it's like this, this eight year old spirit within us. Um, you know, I'm sure, you know, do you have to, yeah, like take us back to the older version of Mel to, you know, to who she is right now in that transition. That's a really good question. I do a lot of these and you've never been asked that question. <laughs> um, so that's a good question. I think. I think most of us, when we look back at our childhood, can tap into a version of ourselves that that was carefree, that was like fun. And that was, you know, kind of just like whatever came up, we would just express it. And somewhere along the lines, whether, you know, it's like a person who told you to not be a certain way, or just like life, you know, the seriousness, like going to school, social cliques, like all the rules we like learn, you know, kind of it teaches us in a lot of ways to kind of just like dim down. I think I always had, I think everyone does have this inner playfulness. I think we all have different outlets and ways of expressing it, but expressing it. But I think every human has some some joy that they get, some spark that makes them more alive when there is some sort of play in their life. For some people it's like Sudoku, you know, that's like their jam. <laughs> <laughs> Jess and I have been playing cards. Like, you know, some people it's just like being witty and so and like the sarcasm. Like you know, there's so many different ways we can play people. It's not just like taking a ball and like, you know, going and playing games or playing sports. Um, there's all kinds of ways to just tap into, like I said, that version of ourselves that is imaginative. I think when I uh was in university and the career path I was choosing was becoming a physical education teacher. And I did that and in that in itself, you're you're like the fun teacher. You know, so I think that that really always fostered that spark. But when I left the teaching space and worked in the corporate world for a few years, that's when I really noticed that inner version of myself really getting squandered. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so when I, you know, left the corporate world to go back into um, into the world of, of education and teaching and then becoming an entrepreneur and the fact that it was based on play, um, I think 
it's not a fake it till you make it kind of thing. It was more just like permission that this is literally my business. I'm going to make a business off of teaching people how to play, play with movement, um, play with fitness, play with dance, play with yoga. Um, and that has since extended into other areas. You know, I get to do workshops with people, dental corporations, you know, they bring me in as like the, the workshop leader, you know, to like help people bring that sense of playfulness back into their lives. So I think, Yes, I am a naturally playful person, but I think everyone has that. You just have to remember it to tap back into it. Mm-hmm. But how about embarrassing yourself? You know, I feel like you're, I feel like you're, I feel like you're big on this because, yeah, I feel like <laughs> you're a little embarrassed. Like you, you laugh about it, but it's like, I don't want to dance in front of like, you know, like what the heck? And how do you, how, how do you respond? Well, it's a powerful word. I think, a, I think embarrassment is like a powerful word because I don't think we like to be embarrassed but I love things that are awkward. Like, I don't mind being an awkward person or awkward things happening. Like, I don't, like, being in an awkward situation, like, rolls off my back. My wife, Jess, who's also part of the summit, does not like awkward, being in an awkward situation. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's like, don't bring awkwardness into our <laughs> situation. But I think embarrassment is a self-projected experience. You know, like you're like, you, you're willing to embarrass yourself, like dance in front of people. I'm like, that's not, that's not even in the realm of my consideration because to me, I don't associate dancing in front of people as embarrassing. There's other things I'm sure could be embarrassing. Um, but I think that, yeah, what, like that feeling of embarrassment probably comes from your own self and your own perceived ability to do something and how people are going to receive it. And when it comes to public speaking, that's a, that's a big thing. You're, stepping onto a stage and you have that perception and wonder how people are going to receive this. I, and it can have that sense of embarrassment or whatever. I just don't associate. Yeah. Speaking or dancing as embarrassing things. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it, it compares to public speaking. It, it compares to business in general that you're just being authentically you. And you're just like, yeah, it's like that, that sense of like not caring of what other people think yeah. is, uh, is very powerful. So let's actually go back to that, that TEDx talk that you gave, um, you know, or when you got everyone up and dancing, how was that? Cause I feel like w- w- were there people in the audience? I don't know if you saw at the time, but you know, I feel like you have to, like, it's your job to shift the energy of the whole room. It so, is. So I was, yeah. Break us down that, 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 I guess, preparation or what you did or how you felt the room and how you really got everyone moving. <laughs> <laughs> Can I first say that I was brought in as a dance performer because they wanted to do something different. They're like, we want to dance performer. So you'll just come on the stage. We won't even mic you up because you don't need to. And I was like, mm, I've got a message to share. <laughs> and so like a part of the, the practicing and the negotiation was that I would be mic'd. And I also, so for me, from what I, one of the parts of what I do when I do keynotes is that I know people can only learn from a physical state for so long, 20 minute, the 20 minute mark. Now it's becoming like the 16 minute mark and people kind of like zone out unless you have like extra media to support you or great storytelling, just like next level skills. So I wanted to coach them into moving with me. And so the experience of it was, you know, how do we, how do I connect with the audience? And what are the, like the whole preparation of it was working with the tech team because they thought it was going to be one thing, like the dancer, put the spotlight on, you do your thing, everyone's going to clap and you leave the stage. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm here to energize the audience. I'm here for them. And it's not even about me, it's for them. So, you know, we, we had a whole setup where we had to like flip the lights. So 
typically when you're doing a TED talk, the lights are so bright on you, you don't actually get to see the audience. Mm. But for this one, I got them to dim the lights so that and turn on the lights onto the audience so people could actually like, they could be in the spotlight, which is what what it's all about. Wow. Um, it, yeah, it was really fun. And um, yeah, so the whole TEDx experience, it, it was just, it was the biggest stage that I've ever been on, not the number of people, but just like the significance of it. And so even you know, thinking about that playfulness and like just remembering being on the side of the stage, watching the person who's in front of me. I knew like, except we had heard, heard each other rehearse many times, like halfway through her thing and my like armpits started sweating and like beads of sweat and like, you know, your makeup <laughs> and you're just like, I was just like, well, here it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And I was like, what if this was fun? Like, what if like right now I just like boogied down a little bit and I just like, you know, I just do these like awkward or embarrassing things just to like remind myself it's not that serious. And when I, I can take these little things, these moments and insert them into my life when those contractions, I would say, come in when those like, you know, fear, whatever it is. Um, just to kind of like shift the energy and show up and give the audience the best version of yourself. And I think that's what we all have to do as, as public speakers is how can you bring in tools and strategies into your routine as you go onto the stage, as you get yourself prepared for Facebook lives, as to, to bring out the best version of yourself and to show up in that energy instead of like, oh my God, there's three minutes left. There's two and a half minutes left. There's two minutes left. And then you're like, what's my first word again? What's my first sentence? What's my first thing? You know, like just how we can like, as the time comes, we can contract for me as the, as the moment comes when you go live or when you step on that stage, it's like, how can you expand? Mm, that's some, that's some golden nuggets right there. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank, you, Mel. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> and you know, I'm, 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 I'm guessing this carries on uh, or this carries on to the rest of your life. This carries on to the way you deal with, with clients and, maybe getting onto like a sales call, for example, or getting onto, I, I feel like you might have a little dance before a sales call. Is, it, is that true or no? <laughs> I, have dan- I have dances all of the time. You know what? Yeah. But I don't know, what are before sales? I know I always dance after. Like I dance like whenever I feel like something has been like exciting, energizing, but also stressful. Like, so one of the, one of the things we do a lot is we shake a lot. Like I bring a lot of shaking movements in my crowd energizers um, because it's a great way to release stress. Like a, a dog who jumps into water that's cold comes out and like shakes off their whole body. They're taking the, the, the water off. Um, or like an animal that gets chased in nature. Like let's say there's a gazelle being chased by a lion and gets away. The gazelle's going to go somewhere and it's literally just going to like shake it off because it shakes off any tension. So, mm-hmm. um, so I like to, whenever I find myself being in a situation that is, I perceive as stressful, then I just, I literally like to shake it off and mm-hmm. just like, just do it doesn't have to be like literally just like it doesn't like it's just like there's an element of fun and playfulness but just like that energy shift and that state the state that you are in the energy all of it is has how your clients how your audience receives you you can have the most powerful message but if your state when you're delivering it is not in the highest you know highest states or present state I don't know that that message can translate and land as effectively as when you're fully present there for the audience delivering that message. Yeah. It, it gives you confidence. I mean, I, I think that's what mm. it does. It, there's a sense of like a physical thing you could do to change your physiology, to give you confidence. And what this ties into, and I really want to ask you because me and Rachel went to um, a Tony Robbins event. What's it called again? Is it, is it unleash the power within? No, unleash the power within UPW. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. 
So oh, we yeah. there and, you know, like I, this is my first time going to a, a Tony Robbins event. And, um, this was, this was back in, yeah, this was in 2019 pre COVID, of course, not yeah. anymore. That will never happen right now, yeah. <laughs> um, Totally. but, but, you know, like I didn't expect, you know, people to be dancing for 12 hours or not dancing, but like jumping up in the air and like, we're like, like this for like a good 10 minutes. And then we sat down and take notes. So were you actually inspired by this? Was this like, um, was like, where'd this come from? Uh, Cause I know Tony's big on this, right? So yeah, I definitely like, so I only went to my first UPW in 2018 in November. So like wow. I, I knew Tony was ridiculously talented and amazing. I watched a lot of his talks and, and like had his CDs, yes, CDs yeah. <laughs> in my car. It was like my, like, um, I think I like just had them in her car somewhere. And I just like, I was like, Ooh, CDs, where can I listen to this? Nowhere in, nowhere in our house. Can you listen to it? So I would have them in my car. I loved his content. I never knew how much he used the power of movement to shift people's states until I went to a UPW event. And I was just like, oh my gosh, why doesn't anyone talk about this being a skill? Like, I don't know that people realize how much that event trains you over three days to get into those higher states. And it was validation for what I had intuitively learned and kind of, you know, being a school teacher, if you're in a classroom, like, you know, when you move, kids when you get kids to move their bodies they're going to learn better they're going to be more alert they're just going to you know have less like um conflicting social interactions like it's just a natural thing that I had built a career off of is bringing movement and play into schools and and but yeah going to Tony's event was I was like yes every adult needs this (laughs) yes more events need to have this like these energizers and so I had always called myself an energizer Mm. event energizer told you know worked with conference organizers to say what is your theme I would always link my keynote or my 10 minute intro to their theme and then I would energize the crowd linking in so I speak while we move I choose songs that link to the themes I teach messages through movement and so I, I I use the power of movement to put people into that state so that they're also receiving the message that I'm giving in a completely different state than just sitting there so there's like the two there's two people when there's a when there's a speaker there's the person delivering the message there's a person receiving the message so I like to get both people into the higher states I just think that it gets messages get communicated so much more powerfully you like remember wow that's crazy (laughs) because most public speakers they just like they stay in one place or and it's so funny right like when you look at a good public talk it's it's not really about the words they say. It's more or less like how you make them feel. Like when when someone, like if you're uh, public speaking, most of the time they're probably going to remember a few things that you said, but it's going to be a lot about how you made them feel. And mm-hmm. I think you're just hitting it right on the nail, Mel, where you're just like confronting this like movement and this feel good um, place or within your body. And that energizes you. So they actually pay more attention. It's so, it's so basic. So it's so basic, seriously. And like, so and like, listen, I'm we're gonna talk real talk here. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, am I just being gimmicky? I'm like, is it just like a gimmicky thing that like I just like throw in movement and everyone thinks that they, but everyone remembers me. Like, so many people from Vancouver that I didn't even know were in that crowd at at, in TEDx Stanley Park were like, you're that movement energy, you were that movement thing. That's what I remembered from the day. I remember like. I was like, you know, there's powerful speakers, like TEDx speakers are not just, you know, and I was just like, out of the whole day, you remembered my little five minute thing. 
And, but that's, that's the power of what you can create. Like does, should every single person who's a public speaker make everyone dance and move? Like, I think so. No, but I mean, like there's different ways that you can engage your crowd and my way is movement, but there's other tools like questioning. There's just, there's, you know, just the design of what you're speaking should consider both people, not just what you're saying, but like, how is it being received? And as you're being coached, as you're designing, as you're doing your trial runs, having that feedback from the audience also is, I think is, is critical. It's like, what's their experience? Mm-hmm. How, how are they experiencing it? So correct me if I'm wrong. So you have this playful energy, but then you also have this like serious, like entrepreneur, like I'm, I'm such make, a nerd. I make it happen. You know, yes. like, I, I feel like you, I feel like you got that vibe of like, <laughs> like I make it happen. Like, like, so, I feel like, I feel like if someone got in your way, you're like, get the heck out of <laughs> my way. Right. So it's like, it's, <laughs> you thank you. I appreciate I, that. <laughs> she appreciates that. See, <laughs> you know, like, no, we're talking about playfulness. You're like, no, no, no. That's me right there. Oh, so, you know what? That's, that's the thing with like, I don't, I for a long, 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 long time, I did not like the word play because play is associated with kids. And as an adult, if you ask who's playful as an adult, in my world, I don't know if anyone thinks this, but like I default to like the interesting person who's got like interesting hair and they're just like, they just like are a little too out there. Like, I feel like, you know, there's no, so in play, like the company, my, my play company, um, our word and our culture building like motto is we want to be professionally playful and professional is the first word. So like, how can we show up professionally and still bring in the element of play, but it's not like the place is, is the thing that trumps everything else. It's like, how can we be playful in this professional setting? How can we show up professionally for our clients, you know, responsibly and also have fun and be fun. So it doesn't, it's not, like you were saying, it's it's so simple. It's like the little simple things that we overlook can make a massive difference. Like every single client that Justin and I coach and impact entrepreneurs, we start every coaching session with a 30 second dance party. We just put music on and then they know when they sign on to Zoom, we're like, what's up, how are you? Do you have a request? Or sometimes we just pick the song, we're like, we're dancing to this song. We're like, get up, it's on Zoom. Everyone feels awkward. Like most of our clients are not dancers, but like they just start to get into it. You know, they know that we're just gonna start by just changing our state, being a little bit playful, sitting down and then we just have like a regular regular you know coaching session but that's those are the elements that you can bring in like what what's fun for you and how can you share your fun with your clients mm-hmm. yeah and you know the um the word that comes to my to my mind is uh, what's called an edutainer i don't know if you've ever heard of that word mm-hmm. before yeah but it's someone who can educate and someone who can entertain mm-hmm. and essentially that's what you're doing is you're, is you're combining the both, you know, I'm sure you've had a lot of professors who were very boring and put you to sleep, but I'm sure you also had some fun professors or fun teachers. Right. And I think that's what you're really tapping into is this, this edutainer within you. Cause, because, because, you know, when you get up there, you're like, I know what I'm talking about is really good stuff. And, and at the same time for me to actually penetrate, you know, in their head and really get it to stick. I can't get them sitting down because they just heard all these other people talk or whatever the case is. So I think totally. this is this is I think this is the the foundation, right, Mel? Is yep. you're you're having both because you know the content will actually stick better in their head. Whereas a lot totally. of public speakers, they're they're like, I have to say exactly word for word, and if I stutter, if I mess up, like I mess up all the time on the summit, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be watched and watched again. But it's, that's not the point. <laughs> totally. That's not the point. No, and I I think you have it down packed. 
Thank so, you. Yeah. I love it. I love the I love the imperfection of it because I think it's perfect. And for me, every single time I have ever watched someone stumble, forget their words, and recover or acknowledge, just be real about it, I ha have such a connection with that speaker. I'm just like, you know, when you can like recognize, you're just like, well, forgot my words, just one second. Oh yeah, okay, now we're good. And you're gonna keep going. I'm like, that person was awesome. Mm. Whereas the ones who like, you can see when someone doesn't have that playfulness or they take it so seriously that as soon as they do something that they perceive as not perfect, then it's like the, I actually feel like I can see it. I feel it, the inner turmoil, the like tornado that as it goes on, they're just like going down this like circle <laughs> of like, you're like, get out. No, you know, it's just like, it's all good. We're okay. You know, it's like, so yeah. And I think that you, you know, you've spoken about the authenticity aspect of it. Just be yourself, be real about your experience with your audience. Mm -hmm. And that in itself, the playfulness, approach it through that playful lens. Mm -hmm. um, because you, when you're playful, you're authentic to you. And mm -hmm. people connect to your authenticity beyond anything else. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to save a lot more for this for the next interview. So if everyone, if you haven't upgraded yet, be sure to upgrade because we're going to go a lot Ooh. more in depth than in the all access pass um, where we're going to actually dig deep into like building clarity on what you do in life and why that's extremely important. Because, yes, we understand if you're playful and you don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't want to say any bad words, but yes, you look like you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. The reason why, and you can even add to this, uh, Mel, is the reason why you can be playful and have the confidence because you know your stuff because you're very clear on it. So if you want to touch on that really quick and why that's really important when you're bringing the playful energy. Oh, so good. It was so good. I just needed a moment there. I was like, oh, so good. <laughs> Because that's exactly what it is, is that there is a certain, I think when you're a public speaking, whether it's, this is like my own conditioning about it, but you have a responsibility to be clear on your message and to know your stuff inside out. Don't go out there and fake it till you make it. Like, I don't believe in the fake it till you make it. I'm just like, find your message and like align your message. Be so clear about what that purposeful message is that you have to share that you're not thinking about the message. You're just, you're just practicing being your best version of yourself for what that room needs in that moment for what that audience needs in that moment for what you're feeling into whether it's a Facebook live you know you know some people do this without an audience it's like a perceived audience but I still think that you can energetically tap into what's happening in that moment and being able to tap into the needs of your audience comes when you are so clear and so confident in your own in your message when you know your craft and and it's not you're not there for the craft you're there for the people that's the thing with, with public speaking it's actually not about your craft it's about them receiving it you, you know so your job especially in those moments and those live things is like being present and how do you get yourself in that you know open space to serve them and we'll be talking about that in the next uh the next interview where <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna combine the both the playful energy and then the clarity, because when you, when you really combine the both, I, I really believe like that's where you're unstoppable. I know for myself, when I did door to door, um, when I was serious knocking on a door compared to when I was like, just playful Dan, like, I don't like it, it, it doesn't really matter. You actually become so much more successful. And, and, really? and I, I think, and you can even, even add to this before we actually wrap on the interview, when you have that playful energy and that clarity, you know, days just kind of fly by. Like you just, cause you're just living in your purpose. So I don't know if you want to add to that, but I think this is really what we're getting at and why it's so important of 
public speaking, building a business, building professional life, building relationships, the combination of both is really how you win in life. Mm, absolutely. Listen, when you, there's three things that I think put us in a state of total presence, create when we're in creativity mode, when like the time is lost, when you're in love, like when you're like, what, it's Tuesday? Like I thought we just like went on that date on set, you know, just like you like lose hours. And when you're playing, like remember back being a kid, being at the playground, being so immersed in like a game and imagination to play with your friends. And also your mom's like dinner time back, back in the eighties and nineties before there was like, <laughs> when we were still allowed to play at playgrounds and people called in neighborhoods, but you'd be like, what is dinner time? I just had lunch, you know, because you're so in it and like what, and what is, a gift you can give to your own life is to live your life that way. Like so in it, you're, you're experiencing so many aspects of it that you're not worried about any particular outcome. And with speaking with, with anything in life, it's, it's just like not taking it so seriously and showing up as that best version of yourself really does make life richer in all senses. You, uh, you heard it first (laughs) all the way from Whistler, BC. So, um, see, see, that was playful, right? Like that was. I love it. Wait, you, know, you don't finish all the things I'm, like that? <laughs> I, I, I do actually. It's just, it's just, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being playful. I'm, I'm taking your I advice. I love it. Um, so thank you, Mel. Appreciate it. Um, this has been awesome again for everyone. If you haven't upgraded, you will see more of Melanie's dancing in the second video as well. Um, that will, that will be, Oh, 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 she's going. Thank you so much again. My name is Daniel Francis, the host of the 30 day speaker summit, and we will see you in the next interview. Mel, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate where you're at. And do you want to, you do want to leave a last line for the audience before we, before we jump off? Mm, Plato said it best. Life is meant to be lived as play through play. Boom. (laughs) We'll see you in the next interview. Take care. Bye. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Now, I don't know if you've seen my free training or not, but you definitely want to check it out. I share my three secrets on how to overcome stuttering and be a confident speaker. So hop on over to masteryourstutter.com and be sure to watch the training. After the training, you will qualify for a free strategy session with me over the phone. You don't want to miss this. So thank you again and see you on the next show.